And welcome back to Real Talk Sports with Rico. I'll be your host today. I just want to go ahead and quickly thank Anchor for being our platform and thank all our sponsors out there who have put some sponsorship on the show. And I also want to thank our fans there from chiming in from week to week. We do pay attention to the numbers and your comments, and that definitely helps drive the show. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the show today. Is actually we're talking about mainly what's going on with the NBA bubble. We'll share with you a little bit as to what's going on with the MLB. And then finally, we'll just go ahead and close off the show. So let me go ahead and start with what I've seen here in the bubble. So first off, I think the NBA is doing a terrific job with what is going on here um, within the bubble situation. I think that um, you look at, you know, basically how Adam Silver has kind of set this thing up. Um, it's running pretty well, pretty smoothly, and I think uh, you're seeing some good quality basketball. Um, you know, there were some people that opted out, which definitely made it um, made it seem to be it's going to be an interesting um, situation because you know so many players were opting out. Was curious to see what type of product you would get on the floor, and it's been terrific. Um, so let us first go ahead and jump into, you know, what I've seen thus far and what I think is, is some of the best basketball. Um, I, I have to highlight TJ Warren for the Indiana Pacers. I mean, he's gone on a tear. Um, he's had a 53 game night. He had a 39 game night today against the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. And, you know, the Pacers have looked very, very good um, in their situation. And so, you know, when I look at them and I look at what their potential is here in the bubble, you know, I just think that, <clears throat> you know, I still think everything's going to go through Milwaukee, um, especially with the situation that has happened with the uh, Philadelphia 76ers in the sense that they just lost Ben Simmons. Um, I think that, you know, that makes it more of a compelling story for Milwaukee to get out of the East. Um, I think if anybody is to stop them in the East, it would have to be uh, the Celtics and then possibly my dark horse team, which is the Miami Heat, I think are, you know, two of the teams that could possibly uh, sneak out of the East here. But make no mistake about it. Um, like I said, the Pacers are playing some good basketball. I think right now, currently, they are fifth. I'm actually getting ready to go check and see uh, where they're at and uh, take a look at, you know, the standings and such. But, you know, kudos to the Pacers and T.J. Warren. Um, not a lot of people know T.J. Warren coming out of Maryland, uh, traded from the Phoenix Suns for cash consideration. I mean, it almost seems like a joke. <laughs> but it, it, it's funny because he was paired with Devin Booker last year, and he was actually doing some damage last year. But putting the league on note in this bubble situation that uh, – you know, the Pacers are for real and they do have Victor Oladipo and they do sit fifth in the East. And, you know, it, it again, it comes down to who can be um, play the best basketball during the stretch of an NBA playoff series. And, you know, I'm not going to discredit the Pacers because, you know, when the Pacers are right, when they're healthy and then they have a guy like TJ Warren who's kind of stepped in like this. Um, it can be a dangerous team. It really can be a dangerous team. And so, you know, definitely whoever has to play them, um, it's not going to be an easy out. I'll tell you that much. Um, it's not going to be an easy out. So, you know, right now, currently Milwaukee's one, Toronto's two, Boston three, Miami four, the Pacers fifth, uh, 76ers sixth. 
Uh, Brooklyn secured their playoff spot at seven. And then you have the Orlando Magics here um, at eight. And I think they they clinched as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's your playoff series thus far. You know, looking at it in the east, you know, I feel like Milwaukee should be able to take care of Orlando. Um, Toronto will play Brooklyn. And then you would have uh, right now Boston playing the Sixers, and then it would be a four or five matchup between the Heat and Pacers, which I think will be electric uh, between those two teams because these are two teams that have actually played some pretty good ball down here in the bubble. Um, you know, just taking a look at Milwaukee, uh, Milwaukee just dropped one to the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Giannis has, has played fantastic down there and, and those guys have really looked good thus far they went ahead and took care of business and clinched the number one seed um you know and again like I said I don't know if there's too many teams that can stop them here in the east as I just think that this is Milwaukee's year but we'll see like I said there is no home court advantage and it's just about who's playing the best basketball at the right time so let's shift uh focus now and take a look here at the western conference Right now, we got the Lakers at one, the Clippers at two, the Nuggets at three, the Houston Rockets at four, uh, Oklahoma City at five. You have the Jazz at six. You have Dallas at seven. And then it's quite an interesting battle between uh, Memphis and Portland at eight. So I'll start there uh, with basically what I've seen thus far. Memphis has struggled. They were one of four up until today where they beat OKC. Uh, but I think the team that really is the talk of the town has got to be the Portland Trailblazers. They've looked good. Um, Dame has these guys within a game and a half of the eighth spot. And as you know, or you don't know, essentially, if you're within, uh, I think it's three or four games at that eighth spot and you're in ninth, there is a playoff game to play in. And, I, I, you know, Charles Barkley and inside the NBA talked about this a little bit. And they felt that if Portland gets into the eighth spot they think that it could really give the los angeles lakers a scare who i believe they have been one in three thus far um in the bubble uh, and so you know i look at the portland trailblazers i look at how they played thus far uh dame has been spectacular cj mccollin's been spectacular uh carmelo anthony really has looked some of he looks like he actually got into even better game shape now than he was in the season so uh, he's looked really really good and the fact that they get uh, Nurkic back they've got uh, you know Zach Collins coming off the bench now and they've had some invaluable um, contributions from Gary Trent Jr. as well who's stepping in for Trevor Reese's spot uh, Portland does look very good and I think that they are a very scary team and I do like them in the eighth spot over Memphis now Memphis, they were they were one of my favorites because they have such youth. I love that they have John Moretz, who's probably Rookie of the Year. We'll talk about that. I love that they have Jared Jack Jr., uh, but he went down with the injury, and it kind of it turns the team into something a little bit more different um, than what they had throughout the season, unfortunately. And I just I like Portland, and I like their experience. I think if you put Portland into that A seed. They're not going to play like an A seed. And, you know, with Los Angeles and the Lakers, I mean, they came out early. They looked okay against the Clippers. I mean, they, to be honest with you, they won the game, but they they barely squeaked that game out. I believe they actually came back in that game to win it. 
Um, so, you know, the Lakers have have looked really stagnant. You know, it's 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 tough because LeBron today was the only guy to finish in the plus minus or, or the plus actually on the plus minus chart today with the 31 points. But aside from him, the Lakers have really struggled. Um, Anthony Davis really hasn't found his footing. Uh, Dwight Howard played well today. Um, but then the others have really been up and down, up and down. And I think that that is going to be an Achilles heel with the Los Angeles Lakers. And this is why I have the clicker or the Clippers, excuse me, the Clippers, the Clippers coming out of the West. I don't know what I was thinking. I'm thinking to click, like click a button. So yeah, the Los Angeles Clippers are, I have them coming out of the West because they're such a deep team. Um, you know, I think once they get their team together, when they get Lou Williams back, they get Montres Harold. They have Joe Kim Noah that they've added. They've got uh, Marquise Morris on there. Um, you know, they have Patrick Beverly. They've got Paul George. They've got Kawhi Leonard. They've got Zubox. They have such a deep team, and their team is is has the ability to play small ball. It can go uh, play big ball, bully ball, whatever you want it to play, and they can play well at it. And it's one of the most um, the most deepest roster that I've actually seen in years, you know, in the NBA. And I just think that the Clippers have the edge just off that. Um, and, you know, the Los Angeles Lakers, if they are to get out of the West, they're going to have to try to figure out how they're going to get other guys to play better besides Anthony Davis and LeBron James. So, you know, definitely a potential scary first round matchup for the Los Angeles Lakers. If they do end up playing the Portland Trailblazers, maybe give them a real scare. You know, I don't know if Portland can pull off the upset, but if anybody could pull off the upset, I would put my money on the Portland Trailblazers and dang time. Um, and then moving on in the bubble, the Denver Nuggets and the Houston Rockets. Um, I think when you look at the, the Denver Nuggets, I got a chance to look at them today. Um, Michael Porter Jr. is playing terrific basketball. Um, kudos to him. Uh, he, you know, he set out, basically had a red shirt with that injured back, had the surgery on his back, and now he's truly getting to play. And I think Denver is now getting a chance to reap the rewards of what they have. Denver is so scary with what they have. And they just got Jamal Murray back. Um, you know, keep in mind, Gary Harris, he still needs to come back as well. Um, no, they've looked really, really good. They they have a, a a nucleus and a youth that is is it's it's perfect. I mean, it is perfect to definitely um, possibly make a run here. And I also think that they probably have um, one of the big men or one of the best big men in the game here with the Joker. So you know, you put that with uh, you know. You put Jamal Murray, you put Michael Porter Jr., you know, the Gary Harris's, uh, Will Barton, Bobo as well. He's played well, too. I mean, they have so many bodies to throw at you. Paul Millsap, Mason Plumley. Um, you know, it's just it's so many people that they can actually throw at you. And so because of that, you know, I think that Denver is definitely going to be a scary team out here, but I love the fact that they've given some of their younger guys a run out here. And like I said, led by no kill, uh, Jokic out here, they're going to be a tough team to beat. Uh, they're really going to be a tough team to beat. And I like Denver's chances to run deep here into the playoffs. 
Um, definitely like how some teams have taken advantage of the bubble situation to basically develop some of their young talent. Um, next up, I want to talk about the Houston Rockets and how good they, they have looked. Look, we'll talk about the, uh, the awards race in a little bit, but when I look at the Houston Rockets and I look at what they've been able to accomplish, um, we talked about it in a show before where we said, you know, could the Rockets, do they have enough to turn the corner here? Um, now they're going to have a tough first round matchup right now as it stands, you know, because they're going to have to play OKC. I think Chris Paul is definitely motivated to knock out Houston, especially since he got traded from them. Um, and OKC has played, they played spectacular. You know, I thought that they were going to be a bottom feeding team. I thought that Chris Paul would want to get out of OKC, but he decided to stay and he has made this team special with what they have. And, you know, with the Rockets, it's all going to come down to space and, and, and pace. If Houston is able to play the small ball lineup like they're going to have to, and they're able to run the tables offensively and dictate the tempo of the game, then I think you're going to see Houston make a terrific run. However, teams are kind of catching on to the fact that if they can trap or slow down James Harden and make the others beat you, that's going to be the question. You know, the others start with Russell Westbrook you know, he's going to have to continue to do what he's been doing, which is take less three-pointers and continue to drive the ball to the basket to create lanes for shooters that they have Robert Covington, they have P.J. Tucker, um, they have House out there, they've got uh, Austin Rivers out there as well. So, I mean, they've got to create those lanes and spaces for shooters to knock down jump shots. And if they're able to do that at a high clip, then it's going to be a scary Houston Rockets team. However, if you get them into a situation where they have to play half-court ball and it comes down to just a situation where James Harden is going ISO, ISO, ISO to about six, seven seconds on the shot clock, Houston's going to have a tough time getting out of any round of the playoffs. And so that's basically what I've witnessed with the Houston Rockets. I mean, they've looked good. Uh, James Harden certainly looks spry. Um, he looks like he's ready to go. Um, and it looks like Russell Westbrook, he's definitely tailored his game to go along with James Harden. So these guys are poised to make a push. However, they're going to have a tough, uh, like I said, first round series with OKC. Well, I'm very impressed with what that, uh, what is it, Gallinari and uh, Chris Paul have been able to do from a leadership standpoint, along with Steven Adams, to bring along some of their young guys out there. They're looking pretty good. They're looking pretty good. And I never liked the better against Chris Paul like Chris Paul um, is the ultimate guy that you would want to have on your team if you're looking to play some upset basketball and I like OKC here um, I definitely like them here in the first round against Houston so I don't know if they're going to pull the upset but I think they're going to be pretty darn close uh, the Jazz and Dallas Mavericks it's going to be interesting to see from a Dallas standpoint with uh, Luka Doncic making his first playoff run with Porzingis. Um, the question with them is going to be the others. You know, it's going to be they're kind of in the same situation as Houston. Um, it's can Luka Doncic and those guys dominate the game while getting others to play at a high level? And I honestly think they're about a star away or a role player away from making some serious noise, but they certainly are going to be very fun to watch. Uh, Utah, a steady team, 
uh, with Devin or Donovan Mitchell, excuse me, and then Gobert, who is possibly the defensive uh, player of the year this year, along with uh, Joe Joe English out there. So, you know, they have some jump shooters out there. They've got some guys that are coming off the bench, like Clarkson, that are that are scoring at high clips and things like that. Um, you know, and with Dan Snyder, they always play tough on the defensive side of the ball. So. It's going to be interesting to see what Utah can do and also what Dallas can do out there um, coming in here at the six and seven spot. So moving forward, one of the things we wanted to take a look at as well in the bubble is got to be the awards. And so I'm just going to go over some of the finalists here and give you some thoughts there. As far as the most valuable player, you have uh, Giannis for Milwaukee, James Harden and LeBron James are the three up for the most valuable player. As far as the Rookie of the Year, you have Jay Morant, you have Kendrick Nunn from the Miami Heat, and Zion Williams. And as far as the most improved player, it's Bam Ayabayo from the Miami Heat, Luke Dockage from the Dallas uh, Mavericks. I was about to say the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Luka Dockage from the Dallas Mavericks. And then you have Brandon Ingram from the New Orleans Pelicans. Then you have, for the sixth man, you have Montres Harrell for the Los Angeles Clippers. Dennis Schroeder from OKC and Lou Williams from the Clippers as well. Coach of the year, you have Mike Budenheiser, you have Billy Donovan, and you have Nick Nurse uh, from Toronto. Then you have OKC for Billy Donovan and the Milwaukee Bucks for Coach Budenheiser. And then as the defensive player of the year is going to be Giannis, Anthony Davis, and Rudy Gobert, the Utah Jazz. So... First, starting off with the most valuable player, I think it's Giannis. Um, I think Giannis just put in a terrific season altogether. I think, you know, if you take away Giannis from the Milwaukee Bucks, mm, are they just an average team? Um, maybe, maybe. I mean, they have some pretty good all-stars around Giannis, too. Um, but I just think that Giannis, man, has put in such a body of work this year. And they've improved as far as the record is concerned. And they've also, he's also improved too a little bit as a scorer, man. And I just think he's just, he's invaluable for the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, because the team is really built around Giannis. And I think that because he's able to draw so much attention to himself uh, when he's driving to the lane, he's opening up so many shooters and it's actually made it a career year. Plus, when you look at Milwaukee, they're actually playing the best defense of basketball um, in the league right now. So I think it's, it's Giannis. Now, not to take anything away from James Harden, who I think has been terrific um, as the Rockets are fourth. And you look at LeBron James, who's playing um, with the Los Angeles Lakers and they're playing some of their best basketball. I get it. You know, they're number one in the West. But he, he is also playing with, um, you know, one of the top five players in the NBA so it's it's kind of you know not to take anything away from 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 LeBron James but he's also got some pieces on his team where um some guys have, have won some championships they've been in some major situations you know they just added J.R. Smith they've got Deion Waiters they've got um Clodwell Pope you know you've got obviously Braun you've got um Anthony Davis you've got Dwight Howard who's been in the finals before um so you know he's got some pieces around him I think Giannis in his body of work here I, I have to give him the most valuable player right now um as far as the rookie of the year Jay Morant Kendrick Nunn and Zion Williams 
Now, Kendrick Nunn, not a lot of people know about him, an undrafted rookie that has played terrific basketball. He's played outstanding for the Miami Heat. Um, and, you know, I think he's really been buried in there because you have Duncan Robinson, you have Tyler Hero that's been playing well, you got his own uh, center there, Bam um, Abayu, who's been playing well, who is, to me, maybe right in there with the most valuable or most improved player um, of the league. But he's played spectacular, but I think that it's just going to come down to Jay Morant, who, to me, has played the majority of the season. Um, you know, take nothing away from Zion Williams. He's been explosive. And I think if Zion had played the entire season, he would be the rookie of the year. You know, unfortunately, I think it's Jay Morant. I think he's done so much. His body of work, I think it's just a given here. Uh, he's played the full season. He's been spectacular. And listen, he's taken Memphis from not being a playoff team to a playoff contender right now. As they're sitting right there on the eighth spot. Um, he's done a hell of a job. And I think he is probably the rookie of the year. And then let's shift focus over here to the most improved player. So with the most improved player, um, I just got a chance to looking at Luka Doncic, who I think got his 15th or 16th career triple-double. He's been outstanding right now for the Dallas Mavericks. Um, but Brandon Ingram and Bam Obayu have played outstanding, especially Brandon Ingram. Like Brandon Ingram, to me, I mean, he really, really, really came into his own. I mean, I believe he was the second uh, second pick overall in his draft, maybe first or second pick overall. I'll have to take a look at it. But he has really developed now into a scary, scary player. Like, I think Brandon Ingram is ready to take that leap. And I think the Pelicans, really, when they're healthy, are going to take a major leap. And I've already said this before, and I've gone on record that – when you look at that trade that the Lakers made with the New Orleans Pelicans, I think it screams Nets-Boston. And I'm talking about when I say Nets-Boston, I'm talking about you see how good Boston is now from the series of draft picks that they got from shipping off Kevin, Kevin Durant, or not Kevin Durant, excuse me, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce in that deal. You're going to start to see that return for the New Orleans Pelicans. I think that they're going to load up with players and picks. And it's going to start with the leadership of Brandon Ingram and Zion Williams. Because these two together are going to be outstanding. And Lonzo Ball is starting to play like the Lonzo Ball that most people projected him to be. Which is that guard that could you know, basically distribute the basketball at a higher clip. I think you're going to start to see that in the years coming. And I think it really starts with Brandon Ingram. To me, not to take away from Bam or Luka, I think it's going to be Brandon Ingram who does win the most improved player of the of the year award. Um, as far as the six-man award, now Dennis Schroeder has played terrific for Oklahoma City. Um, but I just think, once again, because the reason why we talk about the Clippers so much is because they are so deep. They have Montrez Harrell and they have Lou Williams here who are on the ballot for sixth man of the year. Lou Williams has been running away with this thing. And I, I kind of think that Lou Williams is going to – it's either between Lou Williams or Montrez Harrell to get the sixth man of the year award again. Um I just think that they played fantastic basketball off the bench. And it's just sick because when you look at the Clippers, if you take away some of their starting five, the bench actually could come on, come on and start in the Eastern Conference and probably get a playoff spot. And it starts with Lou Williams and a Montrezl Harrell. So 
Um, to me, I think it's going to be one of the two. If I were to pick one of the two, I, I'd hate to. It's like splitting a hair because I definitely love Montrez Harrell. I love Lou Williams. Um, you know, I, I, I want to give it to, to Lou Williams again because he's had it before. Um, but it wouldn't shock me if Montrez Harrell were to be a first-time winner. It really wouldn't. Um, as far as coach of the year, uh, it's between Mike Budenheiser, Billy Donovan, and Nick Nurse. Look, Nick Nurse has done a hell of a job. Um, he's definitely shown that even, even not having Kawhi Leonard, he's still able to coach up the Toronto Rafters, who are number two in the East. And they're going to do damage because we talked about a deep team. Toronto has a deep team. And it starts with terrific coaching. Like Nick Nurse can do just about everything when it comes to drawing up defensive schemes, offensive schemes to get the best out of his basketball team. Nick Nurse is that guy. Um, it, it's it's a tough one, man, because Billy Donovan has done a terrific job in uh, Oklahoma City, uh, especially after losing the talent that they lost and to still make the playoffs this year. I mean, that's kudos to him. Mike Busenhart, I mean, they have what the best record in the is it in the NBA? Let me take a look here. Uh, right now, they do. They have the best record in the NBA. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're going to give it to Coach Busenhart. Um, It's going to be tough, but I think they're going to give it to Coach Busenhart uh, just because you know the Milwaukee Bucks have the the best record in the league, and so. Yeah, I, I would say they're going to give it to him because they've they've had the best record in the league. But I think that Nick Nurse, man, he might he might have had one of the best coaching jobs. Like him and Billy Donovan, to me, might have had some of the best co- coaching jobs uh, as far as coaching players up. And not to take away anything from Busenhire at all, but you know, especially Billy Donovan, who's had to do it on a roster that again got depleted with trades and Paul George and. And then you had Russell Westbrook leaving, and they still put off uh, put, put together a playoff team. That's spectacular. Um, as far as the defensive player of the year, uh, take your pick, man. You know, Anthony Davis, he's played big this year. Uh, Giannis has played big. But Rudy Gobert is pretty solid to me as the defensive player of the year. Um, I like Rudy Gobert to win defensive player of the year again this year. Um, so with that being said, you know, I'll close off the show with basically talking a little bit about the MLB and just my feelings about that. So, you know, it's good to see baseball back. Um, and if people don't know, I think they're going for a 60 game season. But the question that I really wonder is, you know, is this what we're going to see from the NFL season? Because there's been some some outbreaks of the coronavirus there. And I wonder if the NFL is going to be able to sustain a season if situations like we're seeing here with the MLB occur. Um, And when I say that, it's because when you look at the MLB and you look at their season, I believe they're actually traveling to different stadiums to play. And you look at the NFL, they're going to have to actually travel to different stadiums and they're actually going to have to play. I don't believe there's going to be a bubble situation. And maybe there is, and they haven't talked about it. And so my thing is, the NBA is doing a terrific job with its system and keeping everything in a bubble. And so I'm just curious to see, you know, how will the MLB season play out? And then also, too, how will that trickle into the NFL season um, moving forward, you know, this fall? So 
you know, that's pretty much it for today's show. Um, I'm Rico. This is Real Talk Sports. I just want to thank Anchor for being our platform. And I want to thank our sponsors out there and all our fans. We'll be back for another show. And once again, this is Rico with Real Talk Sports. We'll be back.